welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. We are here with the Late Mail Show again uh, on Friday today, though, considering Origin was only just a couple nights ago. Uh, I'm here with Josh, our US correspondent. Mate, uh, first things first, Origin, how'd you find it? It's a good game, I thought. Um, thanks. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good game. I Unfortunately, they don't schedule Origin around US time zones, so I, I woke up early to, to watch the game. It wasn't too bad. It was a 5 a.m. wake up, but yeah, I was glued to it. I was kind of hoping, keeping my fingers crossed, that New South Wales were going to uh, break in kind of late, come home like a wet sail, but not to be, unfortunately. Maroons played very well, uh, but I think, yeah, all in all, it's a pretty high-quality game. Yeah, the blue blue seemed a little bit flat, I thought, um, especially the start of the second half. Yeah, they just didn't – nothing really came together for them. It was a bit a bit odd, un, un-blues-like performance, which, um, which kind of stemmed from – I don't know about you, but I thought Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. Yeah, I think the Nathan Cleary beating up is a little bit – uh, a little bit rough on Cleary. He's like the he didn't play very well, but I know everyone's like bagging him. It's hard when you're the only kicker on the team, and every time you get the ball, there's like five people, uh, yeah, rushing in on you. He can't have a perfect performance every game. Is my is my thought. But they weren't too far off it, so it'll make a good good setup, especially if the Blues win the next one. Yeah, yeah, really exactly. Well, they. I think they need to win the next one, right? Like, well, obviously yeah. they need to win the next one, but <laughs> they like, like they definitely going to get beaten. Well, they're definitely going to be. It's definitely going to be a close game in Brisbane, so they obviously have to put in a really good performance to put uh, Queensland under the pump next next game. So hopefully, you know, get twenty or thirty points on them, which would be nice, but I doubt it. Be nice. I just think it's so much better watching Origin these days versus like five years ago when Queensland used to win by 50 points every game. Oh, yeah. So I'm just happy that it's a bit closer. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. makes for a tough performance, which it was on Wednesday night. Uh, So speaking of uh, origin, I guess we'll go to the late mail to cover off uh, who's playing and who's not over the next couple of games. So for the Cowboys and Dragons game later today, Cotter, Nanai and Hampton are out and Dearden has been named in the halves to replace Hampton. And for the Dragons, Hunt and Sims uh, did travel to Townsville for the game and are set to play. For the Titans and Rabbitohs on Saturday, Tino, Murray, Arrow and Cook are set to back up, but it looks like Cook's minutes will most likely be reduced with Mamazilis on the bench. Uh, For the Roosters and Storm, Tupo and Collins uh, should be playing and are set to play, but potentially Tedesco is going to get rested. Uh, And if he is, you know, Manu will move to fullback to cover him and probably Billy Smith or someone of the like will fill in Manu's spot. Uh, For the Storm, Coates is obviously going to be out with that ankle injury and Grant Kafusi and Munster are set to be assessed today and are potentials to play or be rested. Who knows what Bellamy's going to do. Uh, for the Broncos and Raiders, uh, Stags will be out, and Haas was in doubt, but he has been confirmed to play alongside Carrigan as well. And for the Raiders, Whiten and Papali'i will play as well. Uh, Gamble looks like he's going to be out for four weeks with stress fractures in his shins. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate Bad for him, but it, looks, <laughs> it makes Mam look like a, a pretty good buy. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I, I'll be honest, I was... Big Mam fan before 
even hearing about this uh, gamble longer term injury. But yeah, now that he's out, for you'd think, I don't know, I don't know how long a stressy usually is as far as a recovery time, but you'd imagine it's, I don't know, at least three, four weeks is just, I guess, my guess. But uh, I think that's honestly enough time for Mam to cement his spot in this team. I think he's, I just rate him. I think he's really exciting. I think he adds a bit more into the into the team. And I think if you listen to some of the kind of people in and around the Broncos over the preseason and stuff, a lot of people were tipping him to kind of take ownership of this role uh, at some point throughout the season, just because he'd been so dominant the years before in the, uh, the feeder competition. So I really rate him and I think he is a pretty nice buy, especially if you wanted to, like for me, I rage traded Hastings out last week. So he's a really nice person to have as some extra halves cover. And then I can put Nico Hines back in my winger fullback, or it just gives me some flexibility moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So it looks like Gamble's going to be out for four weeks. So Mam's got a pretty good stint at halfback there, which is good. And he's got a negative 17 break even, I think, this week. So uh, should make uh, plenty of cash as well in the next couple of weeks. The only news was that uh, potentially with Tessie New returning, they might move TMM into halfback. But I still think News a few weeks off. And even if that was the case, I, I just don't think that New was providing that much in the team. So I think that they'll stick with TMM at fullback, just considering their form in the last couple of rounds. So I don't know how likely that is to take place. Yeah, I haven't heard that, which uh, adds an extra little element to it as well. But I think he's a solid buy. But then again, I'm just a bloke on the internet talking. (laughs) I thought Trent Peoples was a good buy a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I'm willing to take the risk on him just because I think the upside is so big. You could... Considering he's averaging 51 over the first two games, uh, you could see him, you know, getting some definite drunk, like some drunk time or some junk time uh, points over the next couple of weeks. He plays, who's he got coming up? Well, he's got the Raiders, Storm, Cowboys. Actually a pretty hard, pretty hard run, but then it kind of lightens off with the Dragons and Titans. He also plays that round 17 bye, which... He'll be a really handy number for that as well if he keeps his spot, which is four weeks away. Yeah, um, seems like that's a pretty decent shout to happen. Yeah, so ma'am, looking like a, a pretty good buy. Uh, so outside of uh, talking about Ezra, ma'am, what are your other buys and sells this round, or who are you thinking um, should be a buyer or sell? That's the only one I've locked in at the moment. If I'm honest, I. Had to get rid of uh, Tom Starling. Yep. And that's been my one trade this week is just getting rid of Starling for Mam, which has helped me and um, obviously freed up a lot of cash too, which is nice. I'm kind of hesitant to make another one just because my trades are pretty low at this stage. I've got nine trades left, which is kind of in dangerous waters, I think. I kind of want to stay one so i think i'm just going to do the one this week and i'm kind of trying to plan ahead and i'm really interested in getting back little pappy for next week i think with news of him back on the training paddock via uh nrl physio so i kind of thought i might free up some cash next week and then hopefully i can find somebody to 
give it to little Pappy for next week is my kind of rough plan at this stage. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good plan. Pappenhausen looking good. The only issue is he might get recalled uh, for the Blues team. So uh, might be a rough one for, for round 17, considering the Storm do play round 17. But yeah, he, if he's playing for the Blues, most likely he won't be playing. I I don't think that's too likely, just given that Nico Hines is probably ahead of him in that pecking order, I think, now. Yeah. Um, so unless there's... So I think he's probably like two or three injuries away from that blue squad. Realistically, he he doesn't seem because he pretty sure he hasn't made his debut yet, right? So I don't think he's going to be jumping people to get back into that team coming off an injury. Is my thoughts, and I think yeah, Nico Hines is probably ahead of him in the pecking order. If say a Luai or uh. I don't know. They wanted a bench utility for some reason. Yeah, I think I think not, uh, Nico Hines will probably be playing in game two. I just think Stags probably didn't provide that much, unfortunately, in game one. So Crichton will probably go into the centres. Hines will be retained as fourteenth man or, uh, on the bench as number fourteen. So I think that's the most Hines likely. Didn't play that well either. I don't. I don't think. What's that? Sorry. Oh, uh, it's just a side note. I just didn't think Crichton played that well either when he came on. He let in that try, he gave away that penalty, like in the first couple of minutes he was on, bit of a rush of blood. Yeah, absolutely. Righto, before we move into our uh, viewer questions through our Instagram, I might just chuck over a quick one to you, Josh. Who are your captaincy options this week? Oh, yeah, good question. Probably my first choice this week is Nico Hines. He'll be fresh coming off been in that origin camp, I guess, but he obviously didn't play any minutes, so he should be pretty fresh. I played the Warriors this week, who really got steamrolled against Manly. They're looking kind of in all sorts, if I'm honest. Uh, so I think he's a pretty good op- he's a pretty good option for this week. Clear as well, playing the Knights is a decent shout. He could come out, uh, I guess, pretty angry after his performance in origin and really kill it. But he could also kind of take it easy, especially if the Panthers get out to an early lead or something like that, which you'd probably assume will happen against the Knights. Uh, so they're probably they're the two kind of cop-out options, I guess, and the two most obvious. Apart from that, I don't mind somebody like uh, a McInnes maybe or a Robson's been in pretty good form lately. But I think Cleary and Hines are probably the two most obvious at this point. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. And I think you're right there with captaining Hines. Just because Cleary, obviously, he, he played Origin, but the odds that he plays 80 on the weekend are quite low. I've got a feeling that you know he'll probably get um, subbed off probably for Jamin Salmon or someone like that with like 15, 20 minutes to go. If they're well ahead against the Knights, there's no need to, to risk him. So most likely there's going to be mass changes there for the for the Panthers, I'd say. Yeah, that's the other thing that is kind of risky about it as well, captaining from this early on. You just don't know with the late mail. I guess you can yeah. always vice-captain Hines. Uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you just... There could be some kind of late outs as well. So just, I guess, keep that in mind when you're when you decide him, because obviously after the 
the first the first lockout you can't change it so yeah exactly right oh so let's move into some fan questions now so we didn't cover all the games in the late mail that's just because there isn't really much late mail from you know Sunday onwards uh, at the moment it's still very much you know wait and see they'll probably have their captains run on the Friday Saturday and then we'll have more information uh, for the Sunday game so keep an eye on our stories through through our Instagram page and we'll post any late mail there anyway first question for you Josh uh, comes in from Joe is Ilias for Moses and any of the Panthers outside backs for Mam a good trade this week so the outside backs for Panthers, obviously, Tago, May, uh, Stephen Crichton, they're all up on the chopping block. I think most people probably have them on the chopping block because they were saving them just for round 13. But uh, what are your thoughts around those? Yeah, I know you posted on the Instagram story Moses as a buy this week. I don't mind that. I think he is a pretty good... Kuchati's been mostly consistent over this over this season. Obviously, when the Eels have a a big day out. He seems to be one of the big beneficiaries of that with the goal kicking and usually has a you know few try assists or tries himself. He's a pretty good shout for this kind of next run of games and then also for the round 17 bye week as well. I'd be, if you're choosing between him and Mam, I'd still be leaning towards Mam. Even if you got the cash, I don't mind freeing that up and having a little bit on the in the kitty for this week and then hopefully using that for an upgrade at some point next week. As far as selling the Penrith backs, I am in the camp. I think I'm going to hold Tago and May personally. I just don't really see a reason to sell them at this point, especially with my trades being probably on the lower side and I just think there's better ways to utilize your trades, honestly, than going a Tago to, I don't know, unless you're going like a, obviously a Tago to a Burden is a pretty big upgrade, but if you've already got these guys like Aitken and Burden, I wouldn't really be trying to trade a Tago to like a Katoni Staggs or a Jesse Ramian or somebody like that who I kind of class in a similar boat. If you had Stephen Crichton, he might be the exception just because he's going to play presumably a few more games over this origin period. So I could see why you'd want to sell him. But I think if you are trying to sell take on May, I would maybe reassess and see if you can go a different route. But uh, to be fair, I don't like hate trading them as if you're doing it to something I like shuffle your team for a Moses or somebody like that. But kind of a wishy-washy answer but i'd be trying to keep tago and may if you can i just think there's not much benefit in trading them they're high owned uh i just think they're like they're pretty safe options they're high owned you're not gonna kind of lose too much with not having them if that makes sense yeah i think tago and may you probably you probably hold them Crichton, like you said he's a bit of a sell but unless you're going to be you know upgrading them to you know keepers and guns tago and may then um, just leave them in your team. They're not really hurting you. They're going to hover around that 500 to 550k mark. They're not really going to lose too much cash unless they, you know, cop an injury or really have a rough game. So, uh, yeah, just worth a hold. The other thing too I like about having Tag or May, you kind of do this in NFL fantasies and other different fantasy platforms that maybe people play, but it's kind of like a, a left edge stack. So just say the Panthers have a really dominant game, 
where their left edge scores really well. Both of those players are going to kind of uh, benefit from that. So usually it's Tago setting up May for a try. So it's kind of like a double point situation when, you know, Tago gets a try assist, May gets the try for basically one thing to happen for your team. So you're kind of cleaning up in the points in that instance. And then they've both got usually decent-ish base stats, if not. So, yeah, I like holding them. Yeah, so basically that's a roundabout answer for you, Joe. Yes, Ilias to Moses, good trade. <laughs> and probably Crichton, I guess, out of the three to Mam. Um, question from Cooper. We've already really answered it, but just going over it again. Is Mam worth trading in now that Gamble is out? I think a big yes. Obviously, when you were talking a few days ago, you didn't have this knowledge of uh, Gamble being out for an extended period. But yep. yeah, I reckon he's a red hot buyer for this week. Uh, question from Dane. Uh, should I trade in Damien Cook now or wait until after Origin? I would wait until after Origin, especially with Mamazoulis. Is that how you say his name? Whoever yep. the uh, bench hooker is there for the Rabbitohs. Probably going to bite into his minutes at least a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I'd probably wait on Cook. And I know you spoke a little bit about Reed Marnie. He's a pretty good option. Reese Robson, he's a pretty good option in the hookers. Uh, so there's other guys who are going to play more games over this next stretch, and then you can wait on Cook for the run home. And I'd probably put Harry Grant in that same category as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Max asks, thoughts on Tarpany? Uh, with Papali'i playing Origin, uh, what do you think Tarpany's minutes are going to look like? Yeah, he's been killing it, to be fair. And he sometimes has these runs over the last couple of seasons where he just goes on a tear for a few games. And I honestly think he's kind of the leader of the Raiders pack at the moment. They've almost like given him a, a bigger leadership role or something like that, but he's been uh, killing it of late. I really wish I had have jumped on him before the round 13 buy, but I just guess couldn't fit him in. Uh, but yeah, I I like the play. If you uh, if you had him for this point, you you're laughing. But I I don't mind him as pickup. I probably wouldn't put him in a like a must have or a, uh, like an urgent buy or anything like that. But if you are you know a bit light on in the mids and you need a guy around that price and he kind of fits in well, I. I really like it. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a pot around the Origin period, but obviously after Origin, once Publi comes back into the Raiders team, he's probably not going to be hitting those big scores just because he'll lead into his minutes a little bit. Um, but there's other players, because he's nearly at 700k, he's just short of 700k, so there's other players there yeah. and thereabouts that are probably better options. Like Tamalolo is only 550k this week because of that horrible score he had the, a couple of weeks ago. So um, there's always, you know, Tamalolo who's at 150K discount. And with Cotter out this week, he'll have a, another good good day out and most likely play 65, 70 minutes like he did last week. Would it change your mind if I say that he scored a 69 last round? That is nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's a good he's a good pod option, Tarpany. He's a good pod. That's That's pretty much it for the time being. Like he's a pod until the end of Origin and then he'll go back to his standard scores. Yeah, I probably will caveat with that as well. Like if you think he's only a four or five week buy, 
I probably wouldn't be getting him in. I think if you're going to commit to him at this point, you're saying like, all right, I want to keep you in my team for the whole, for the, for the rest of the year, basically. Yep. And I don't mind that too. Even if he's getting some lower-ish minutes, if he's still hovering around that like 50-ish, I think he's pretty good because his PPM is really strong. Uh, but it's obviously his scores are going to be a little bit inflated with Papali'i out and stuff as well. Yeah. So next question from Charlie. Uh, is Tohu Harris and Jazz Tavanga, uh, are they keepers? Yeah, Jazz Tolman. Some people, oh no, sorry. Uh, Tohu Tolman. A few people have been uh, calling him of late. Just the old uh, Tohu Graham running up to the line and throwing the ball away. He's got that disease that some of these middle forwards get in their later years. He had a pretty average game last week against Manly. I'm doubling down. I think Tohu is still a keeper. I think he's still kind of early on in, you know, in the season, the ACL, it's going to, People kind of say it takes, you know, five to ten five to ten games for them to kind of like hit their straps after the ACL, even once they've been playing. Uh, so I thought it was really promising signs when he was getting those those fifty scores a few weeks ago. I'm still holding strong. I think he's a gun. The Warriors pack is pretty average, so he's gonna need to step up still. I wouldn't be buying him if I don't have him at the moment. But if I have him like I do, I think I'm holding and just uh, trusting the process with Tohu. Yeah, Tohu Harris, is a, is, he's a hold for sure um, if you have him and look to buy him in the next week or two, I'd imagine. Uh, a question from Jason, uh, Ilias to Havili. So I think this is where, so people's, we were kind of talking up as this kind of buy round must buy. Havili has come out of nowhere. Yeah, if I'm honest, I have not got any radar on Havili. I know that he's pretty cheap. Oh, he's to be fair, he's not that cheap even. He's in the four hundred. He was very still. cheap. He was he was under three hundred K and now he all of a sudden he's, you know, four fifty odd K, break even of six off the back of scoring a try in round twelve. Um doesn't get huge minutes, probably plays around half the game, but he, when he's on the field, he's actually impactful, you know, hitting around, you know, the mid-20s in tackles and nearly 100 metres. So playing in the front row, it seems, but um, can kind of be used anywhere, really. Yeah, I'd be sticking clear of him. I think for now. He's only, um, <laughs> yeah, he's only uh, hooker eligible as well, which is kind of annoying. Not that if he was front row eligible, I guess that would really make a difference in my mind. But I, I think if you got on him a couple of weeks ago, you're laughing, but... Yeah, I'm probably happy to let Havili score 40s, honestly, and uh, I won't be too sad that I miss him. Yeah, he'll he'll you know make a bit more cash, but I don't see him making it a huge amount of cash with Mark Nichols back in this team either. So, you know, maybe he's got another 50 to 60k to make, but after that, I think he's uh, he's pretty much a sell. So if you're running short on trades, I'd probably avoid him. I think we're agreed on that. Yeah. Uh, another question coming in. Uh, from Christian, is Nanai a trade now because of his injury? Uh, if so, would him to Reed Mahoney be good? Oh, 
great question, Tristan. I mean, Christian, because this is something that I've been kind of weighing up as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's a really tough one, especially <laughs> you're because weighing it up, we don't you have know. no idea. <laughs> I yeah, maybe I'll just get a get a coin and flick it at the at the end of this podcast. But it's tricky because we could get some mail potentially in the you know next potentially after tomorrow you could get mail that says nanai has been you know classed as a grade one syndesmosis and will be out for four to six weeks yeah. and you'd be like oh fuck, we just sold him <laughs> uh which is kind of what i'm scared about but he did come back on after origin which i don't know how that happened i thought he was gone for money he didn't shot, even walk off strapping. the field yeah i actually almost live traded him out during the origin. I was like, oh, I've been kind of weighing up getting rid of him as well. And then I saw him got injured and I was like, oh, maybe I should just get rid of him now. But for some reason didn't pull through with it. Then he came back on somehow. Do you have do you have any insight for me or Christian? Look, it's it, like you said, it's a, it's a coin flip. I'm holding just for one more game, even if it is one more game. He has a break even of 16. If he scores poorly and scores like a 20 or 30, still makes a bit of cash and becomes a sell. If he, you know, plays his next game, scores a 45, 50 odd, you know, keeps hitting his scores, then you hold him until he scores a bad game. I think he's just a hold until he has a bad game at this point. I think so as well. So I think it kind of depends on your views of Nanai, if you view him as, you know, someone you've had in early as a bit of a cash cow and then held him for origin and are content selling him. Or if you are now, like I am kind of in this camp where I think he's a potential season long keeper. He has kind of gotten rid of his missed tackles and a few of those stats that were uh, giving him the negatives at the last couple of weeks, I think. I also think that him going into the Maroons camp is only going to be good for his game. So I can kind of see him building a little bit towards the back end of the season. You can kind of say, oh, he's getting all these attacking stats. He's scoring tries and doing all this stuff. But he's doing it every game pretty much. If he's not getting them off kicks, he's yeah, he ran a really nice line in his last game for the Cowboys and scored a try, I'm pretty sure. So he's kind of finding different ways to score. And... I think he could be a really good, especially as like a really good first emergency that somebody you can loop kind of towards the back end of the year. You can kind of like hedge your best if he has this nice 70 plus score that he's shown he's capable of. You can loop him if he has a lower, you know, in the 30s, low 40s, which he seemed to kind of get rid of, it seems anyway, but you've kind of got that security and then you can play whoever else ahead of him i think there's not that many players that kind of have these ceiling and especially in the edge position that you know can score these 60 plus scores there's not many of them out there so i think he's a hold yeah 68 against the storm and the panthers is pretty impressive 51 tackles in that last game as well yeah, and they're going towards him a lot more, um, the Cowboys, especially when they they need someone to make something happen, which is really good to see because he can make something happen. Yeah, let's sign him up on a long year. Yeah. A long year deal. None of this one-year bullshit. I don't know why they're signing, you know, 
Lucy Leilua just look up Nanai. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange. I would have tried to put him down on a long year long year deal at the Cowboys, especially considering you got him for one year, then his price is going to inflate after that one year again. So you probably wanted him long term on a you know a medium sized contract, and that would have kept him there for for the foreseeable future. But I don't know. I don't make the decisions. Yeah. That's fine. Um, yeah, it'd be great watching him, you know, kill it for the Roosters for yeah. the next 10 years. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, next question. Is it worth trading uh, Brendan Smith and Tass to Tamalolo and Turner? So I think getting um, Brendan Smith and Tass out of your squad, fair enough. Uh, Tamalolo is a good trade in, but I guess what are your thoughts on Turner is the main part here? Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, a bit of Turner. He's only half eligible, which is kind of annoying. I know in Supercoach he's center and half, which is really nice. From what I remember of his days at the Warriors, he is kind of a little bit of an X factor. Titans definitely need that. It's it's obviously just like a bit of a roll of the dice because of the Titans, and he very well could be out of this side next week if he has, you know, like two hours. Yep. Just never really know with uh with Holbrook and uh, and what he's thinking. So I definitely wouldn't be going Turner over Mam or a Savage if you haven't got those two. But if you're you're trying to downgrade and you're willing to roll the dice, I I don't hate it. But there's, yeah, it's probably not like ideal. I'm completely opposite. Well, not completely opposite because you're kind of leaning towards my thinking as well, but I am very much off Turner. I think he's a, a huge trap. He's going to have one or two average games and then they're going to put Brimson to fullback. I mean, they're going to put um, Brimson back into the halves and they're going to take, um, you know, Sammy or someone like that, you know, Corey Thompson, whatever, and put them at fullback. There's no reason why they didn't do that already. I think it's just because they saw Turner had a bit of form, but I just don't see him being in this, this team long-term at all. I think he's going to be a big trap. He's going to be a waste of two trades. My only other follow-up question to that would be if you had to choose somebody over – sorry, if you had to choose somebody who's under – what is he? He's like 270K or something like that. Oh, yeah. There's no one else at his price that you can really go. But like like you said, you'd go Ezra Mam. He's only 50K more expensive. I know that can be the difference of making a trade or not making a trade that much money, but you, you go Ezra Mam over Turner every day of the week. There's no – circumstance where you wouldn't yeah definitely agree with that but i'm more thinking if you're in a situation where you've already got ezra you've already got savage but you want to downgrade so you can upgrade in a sense is there anyone else around that kind of price that you would prefer and even i'm kind of looking through it now maybe even the hammer there like the, you could you could honestly go yeah the hammer, hammer avarillo there's a couple there uh, cody ramsey yeah, exactly. There's I'd not probably bad all put above. Yeah. So why go Turner? Um, That's the thing. They're a bit more expensive. Not I, a ton more expensive, a little bit more. But, like, they're not... Will Kennedy... Yeah, they're better than going um, bounce back. Turner. Yeah, Kennedy actually is surprisingly cheap. I it's, I find it strange that he's there, but he had well, it's two... Well, not surprisingly because he got, like, a negative four, didn't he, or something? He had two negatives in a row. Stupid. Yeah, he's had two negatives in a row. He had a negative six against the Warriors... Uh, he only played, you know, 15, 20 minutes there. And then he had another negative against the Roosters recently where he had like a ton of missed tackles and they got smashed basically. Um, but he's honestly a better, you know, Kennedy at 280K, he came into the season 
oh, I can't even remember. I think it was close to 500k he came into the season at that price. So he just needs a couple of good games and he he's going to make a bit of cash. He'll be a, a cash cow, honestly, in the next week or two if he bounces back. That's that's not a bad, actually. To be fair, his break even is 52, so he's going to continue going down. Yeah, but actually... He could bottom out, honestly. Yeah, keep an eye on him because he's he's not a bad option to bring in as a cash cow. It's kind of like the hammer. There's no reason why Kennedy and um, the hammer are that low in price. So they're, they're ones to just keep an eye on over the next few weeks, for sure. Yeah, I'm annoyed that I drafted him. <laughs> relatively early and now uh, I thought he was like alright he had a pretty good season last year where he broke 50 a couple of times I was like alright he could be kind of a nice depth piece for my for my team but yeah he's two negatives in a row is just unreal that's shambles yeah uh, anyway last question we have is uh, I just want a yes or no from you here just so we can uh, put this to bed because we've talked about it enough over the last few weeks uh, is Garrick a trade-in I'm going to say maybe, and no, nah, I'll Mate, say yes. yes or no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get him in. He killed it last week. Uh, as I said last week as well, flat track bully. Manly, when they do well, he's going to do well. Yeah. And he's got that added base of fullback. Really like him. Yeah, exactly. The fact that he has the kicking and he's playing at fullback, setting up a lot of tries, taking over Turbo's role. I mean, pretty much a no-brainer, I think. Turbo who? Exactly. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty interesting. Turbo will be probably back back down to his you know previous prices, pretty low for next season. So yeah, that's going to be pretty juicy to start with him next year, and have to trade him out by round two. Yeah, I just I've seen some other tweets. It seems like Harry Grant is going to be in for this week. There's a couple of more that have just come out from different sources. So okay, that's uh, good. If Fox Footy says it. Uh, must be true. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. And obviously, Isaiah Yo has been ruled out as well because of uh, his uh, head knock, which uh, less said about that process, the better. Um, I know it looks pretty bad. Head knock out in the first like run of the game. Yeah, exactly. It looks pretty bad live. I don't. I didn't understand why he stayed on the field, but yeah, we'll leave that be. I think. Especially because he's got such a bad history with him yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. He probably he could be rested even, you know, he'll be ruled out this week, but he could be rested longer term if he has, you know, um, delayed symptoms. Let's hope not. He's been killing it. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, great talking to you, Josh. Uh, bring on round 14. Yeah, mate. Cheers. And uh, yeah, good luck, everyone. See you next week.